Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume 61. I have no idea what it's going to entail because it's our post-4th of July extravaganza. Everybody's still hung over. Everybody's still making their way through this, the great celebration of our independence and America's birthday. And when we're celebrating America's birthday, I have to bring in my merry band of idiots. That includes, of course, Travis. And, of course, my boy McGee. Um, McGee's at the beach somewhere on the Carolina coast. I'm in Ocean City, New Jersey, where I spend my summers. Travis is in the tropical paradise that is Bristol, <laughs> Connecticut. And, uh, and uh, you know, I figure, I figure one thing that we should get into for sure is the greatest 4th of July traditions. And... You know, I was I was so bummed out this year because it's my favorite day of the year. My two favorite days of the year are Thanksgiving and the 4th of July. I love those two days. And it's a lot of family. It's a lot of friends. It's a lot of awesome food. It's a lot of cold beers. It's a lot of festivities. Everybody's happy. You're very thankful for what you have. So I love all of them. I love those days. And... Mine was bummed out this year because I suffered an injury, and uh, I suffered a real bad cut on the top of my left foot, and so I was laid up with a bandage on my foot. And it's funny how you sit there and you think, man, I would love to just sit around and drink beer, but then when you can't like go do anything, it's a bummer, boys. Yeah, I've told you the story before about when my daughter was a baby and my wife and I were so excited we finally had a chance to like get on a plane and go somewhere. And I went in the garage, and I was looking for these passport covers. I don't know why I thought we needed these. Is it like a pocket I, protector? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it like, like what a, you use for your credentials. Yeah, it was it, it was like a you put your passport in a little book, and the the thing is, they make you take it out of the book anyway. I, anyway, regardless, I reached into like a cabinet, and there was a broken picture frame in there, and I cut my hand open. And went to the emergency room. We're on a plane the next morning. And, and you guys know this about me. When I'm on vacation, I stay wet the whole time. Like I'm in the, I'm in the pool. I'm in the ocean. I'm in, I'm just, I'm constantly floating. I'm either floating, sleeping or drinking or sometimes doing all three at once. And the doctor's like, well, just whatever you do over the next week, just don't get those stitches wet. I'm like, what? And so I walked around the resort like a creep. With my big yellow, you know, these big old yellow rubber gloves like you use to wash yeah, dishes. So I had that. And I walked around and uh, trying to explain that to everybody down in uh, Cozumel. How do people respond when you're rolling around a resort in dishwashing gloves? You're Not looking great. like a Scooby Doo character. I always felt like the landlubber guy, the Scooby Doo, <laughs> like bad guy, always had those gloves on. And he always yeah. had on that big yellow hat. You know, that big yeah. like, rain hat? Yeah. And always up to something. So that's what yeah. I felt like everybody thought Joints. I was like, yeah, like did that guy just kill a bunch of people and now he's just got his gloves? Yeah, <laughs> Still got like his walking gloves around on. with a big hook, big fish hook in your hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just looking for no, trouble. Was, I like the Gorton's Fisherman. Why didn't you wear like Gordon? a latex glove, which is like more like your skin color? Well, now I, I had some of those too, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, but, but my hand was all gross and I had to stitch Oh, you need more room to put your hand in Yeah, there. it was, it, dude, it was, it's, I don't know what I was doing. And, um, anyway, they're like, don't drink a lot because it'll make you bleed faster. I'm like, well, I'm probably just going to go and do that anyway. <laughs> How many stitches did you get? That. Like 10 or something. Yeah, I, I had seven. 
I have seven. I have two separate wounds. I have one that required five and another that required two. And in the aftermath, it probably maybe should have been three. So here's what happened to me, for those of you who don't know. And I'm a little taken aback. Social media is interesting to me because I will put uh, – McGee and I have a – have an awesome opportunity for you guys coming up at, with the Jimmy V Foundation and the Espies auction. You can go to a NASCAR race with us, provided we're home, and we think we're going to be home on September 29th at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Roval. And anyway, like you put a video up there, and you know, 12, 15, 20,000 people might watch that video to see what you're up to. I put a video of my cut foot on the internet, and I think it's currently like 155,000 views or something. And a lot of y'all want to know what happened, so let me just walk you through it. So it's July 3rd. It's the evening before the big party, and at our, our beach home, we host our whole family every single July 4th. It's uh, yeah, 30 you go people, big. Maybe. We go real big, and we cook burgers, and it's the one day a year that I eat red meat, and I, I have it on my calendar to eat eat some burgers. And it's just such a great day, man. I love it so much. And you dress up in red, white, and blue, and it's – complete you know i wear my my american flag bandana around my head and i got on my willie nelson america shirt and it's a great day and so july 3rd i go to buy a bunch of beer and in the area we live it's a dry town it's ocean ocean city new jersey no booze can't sounds awful and not only that in in this in this state you don't go to like the grocery store to buy alcohol you have there's a there's a store that is specifically just for booze. Yeah, the liquor store. And so, what's that? It's like a liquor store. Ohio has it. Connecticut. It's a liquor Most store. Most places yeah. it's like that way. But like in North Carolina and Virginia, you can go to Walmart and get Walmart and buy Martin. cases of beer. You can't do that here. So you can't buy liquor though. You got to go to a special store for that. Yeah, but you can go buy. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't right. know that about New Jersey. Yeah, you can't. You can't get it at the grocery store. And so. I go across the way, across the bridge to the liquor store. It's called a Boulevard Liquor. And I'm just got my car. I'm making my way around the store and I go to, there's an entire wall. There are walls of refrigerators with all the different beers and, and options and whatnot. And I grab a six pack off the top, top shelf. And when you grab a six pack, another one rushes in behind it. So it's right there. It's great engineering. And amid that transition from the refrigerator to the cart, a bottle, I don't know whether it was out of my six-pack or another one, fell straight down, shattered all over my foot, laid my foot, filleted my left foot. And I'm standing there, and I think I'm cool. You know, I think I'm fine. Like, oh, man, I evaded disaster there. And then a guy beside me is like, hey, man, I don't. I don't think that's too good there. And I'm like, I think I'm all right. It's just like cosmetic. Well, no, it wasn't cosmetic. Uh, it was bad. And so I kind of hobbled my way up to the front of the store. I'm like, sorry, there's been an accident. Give the staff a lot of credit. They were super attentive. They helped me. And this girl happened to go to school with my sister-in-law. So she's asking me, uh, you know, where's your house? Are you renting? Because I don't sound like I'm from here. You know, like it's pretty obvious to see I'm not from Jersey. I'm like, yeah, I got a house over here, blah, blah, blah. Let's call my wife. So we call Lainey, and Lainey happened to know the girl. And so they were extremely kind and attentive to me. And I go over and sit on this stairway, and I'm pr- trying to apply pressure to it with this 
constant barrage of paper towels that just keep getting sopped up. And this young kid comes over and he goes, man, I know this isn't the right time. I'm sorry. I know this isn't the right time. I'm a huge fan, man. I just listened to you on the Levitard show earlier today. We think you're hilarious. I'm like, man, thanks so much. I really appreciate that. I'm feeling a little faint. You got any water? And so then he pulls my truck up. I give the kid my keys. He pulls my truck up and I go down the way. There's an urgent care open. Get sewn up. I think it's all good. And that guy put so much numbing in my foot that I think I got a little over aggressive thinking I was just fine. Blew the stitches out. Had to go back the next morning. Missed the Ocean City Bike Parade, which is one of my favorite things to do on the 4th of July. Your whole family outfits your bike in this patriotic theme. Streamers, flags, you know, the whole thing. And it's hundreds of people ride through the streets of, of Ocean City here for the bike parade. And I look down as the bike parade's about to start. And Cameron, my son, is standing beside me. And I'm like, look at this, buddy. And my bandage is just saturated with blood. And I'm like, damn it. Like, I got to go back to the doctor. Waited. They couldn't sew it up again for fear of some infections or something like that. So they just butterfly taped it and patted me on the butt and said, good luck. That's going to be a nice however many hundreds of dollars for a piece of tape, basically. But whatever. So all that to tell you that uh, it's been a bummer, but it's going to heal up. It's all good. I'm going to still run that New York City triathlon. I, thank goodness you can heal like you do because I'm at that point now where if I like I got a scratch on my arm the other day and I'm like, well, just going to have that till I'm gone. Like it's just this just how I am now. I, I, I don't heal like I used to. <laughs> I hope I, I, uh, I I'm surprised. This, like, I, I thought that Fireball and Captain Morgan would help me heal faster than it do, but I don't. Did they make you pay for the beer that was broken? <laughs> they didn't make me pay for that beer, but I went back there. The story has a funny addendum. So Lainey, God lover, she and Mia grab an Uber from Ocean City all the way over to, look, it's the 4th of July weekend. You can't get anywhere fast. And it's probably six, seven miles or something to where I was at the urgent care and took them forever. They finally get there. They wait on me to get sewn up and they're drive. We're, we're driving back. Well, on our way back, Laney's like, well, we still have to get the beer. <laughs> so we stop back at the same store. I walk in there and this little girl, I walk in and she's behind the counter and she leans over and she goes, um, where's, I'm supposed to ask you, where's Kawhi going? <laughs> And I just cracked up laughing. I was like, Lakers. Definitely going to the Lakers. You can tell that's the way this is unfolding. Of course, I was wrong. But it was just very funny. And she was like, all the guys in here were... I said, well, all the guys in here could help me get this beer. And so all those guys came and helped me get my beer. And uh, I told them that Kawhi was going to the Lakers. Yeah, man, I gave them some really good, accurate intel. Yeah. And uh and that was that. But I thought that was very funny. That's like when Richard Petty ran his last race and he crashed and the car was on fire. Like the whole side of the car was on fire. And all the he, he's literally sitting of course race car driver's greatest fear is fire. And he's sitting there, cars limped into the infield at Land Motor Speedway, and you could see it on the in car camera. The ambulance rolls up and the fire truck rolls up and all the guys run over to the car. And they got pens and pieces of paper. And they're wanting Richard Perry to sign autographs. And he ended up dropping an F-bomb 
on live television. He said, get the bleeping fire extinguisher. They wanted, they wanted the King's autograph in his last race. Hey, Marty. I bet he gave hey, it. I bet I he gave him you're bleeding one out right now. I know you're bleeding out. Where, where's Kawhi going to go? Gosh, I, I'm just, you know, it's more disappointing and frustrating than anything else. It's not that painful. Knock on wood. I think I'm now sewn up where it's going to actually heal. But it's like when you're an active person, it's as simple as like sitting there at the 4th of July party and you got a parking conundrum and you're like, okay, I'd like to move this car over there. Normally I'm, I'm, I'm jumping up. I got this. No problem. I'm going to go move this car. But you have to, after I blew those stitches out, I had to f- constantly tell myself, don't move. This time, just stop. And the day after, on July 5th, my brother-in-law and I went with a, with a friend of his to, we rode a boat over to the Golden Nugget. Went over to the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City, and those boys wanted to play some blackjack, hang out. We thought we'd get to listen to some music. Well, not only, not only was there nobody playing music, there wasn't no blackjack, no blackjack tables open either. So we sat there at the bar and had a couple. And I had my foot up, and I go to the restroom, and I'm like, you know, limping along. I got my master's hat. Travis got me pulled down to my nose. I got my sunglasses on. And this old boy walks over to me. He goes, hey, man, I don't mean to bother you, dude. He's like, you are you the Marty Party? I went, yeah, I'm the Marty Party. Marty Party's gimping up here, son. He was like, what the hell yeah. happened to you? I said, uh, no, yeah. no, man, Boulevard liquor happened to me. Uh, hey, it's like the story I've told him many times, me busting my butt, falling down the stairs at the Daytona International Speedway. It's a world class And this story. guy, came, I lay, laying in the rain in a in a drain ditch with like a suit and tie on, and this guy ran up with his wife and they set the cooler <laughs> no, down and helped me up out of the water. Man. Yeah, so, all right, so I had a radio interview at Daytona Speed Weeks years ago when you and I were still on our NASCAR Now nightly show together, and... uh and we weren't, uh, you certainly weren't as big as you are now. And, uh, I mean, neither one, neither one of us were as fortunate as we are now. But the NASCAR fans knew who we were. But sometimes we get me, I get a lot, I got a lot of Hey Marty's back then. I got a lot of Hey and Marty's. I was doing, yeah. <laughs> and I was doing a radio interview at the old Daytona USA Museum outside the track. And the studio was upstairs. We did Marty McGee from there one time. And, I'm running up these corrugated metal stairs and just a downpour. And I, my brown dress shoes hit those stairs wrong and I rolled back down those stairs, slid down the hill and landed in a drain ditch. And I'm just laying in the water like, man, I hope nobody saw this. And sure enough, this older couple runs up and they set their coolers down and they go, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just, my pride's hurt. And they helped me up out of the water. And that guy said, man, he goes, I told my wife, he said, watch this. Marty Smith's about to bust his ass. <laughs> I and laugh I said, That's right. every time I hear you say that sentence. That's I said, you one. saw it. I said, but you tell all your friends that Marty Smith <laughs> fell down those stairs, but he's okay. <laughs> Raise hell, praise Dale. And I pat him on the shoulders and walked off. I mean, it was, uh, there you go. Travis, what did you do on the 4th of July? So I uh, worked in the afternoon, kind of morning afternoon, produced a show, and then I went over to uh, Michael Smith's house. Uh, and I you know, went over there. I brought a bottle of Tito's. Shocker. Of course you did. Club soda. And I thought, you know, 
I don't have any food. That's what I'll bring. I'll have a couple of drinks and that'll be it. And that wasn't it because someone offered me a jello shot and then you have one and then you have two. And so then I ended up having to call an Uber. Um, but the Smith sent me home with all the leftovers. At first I started making a little bag and his wife was like, no, just literally take it all. I have probably three dozen wings at home right now, a rack of ribs, 12 pieces of corn, uh, called an Uber, go home. I woke up on the couch at 5 a.m. I never made it to the bed. Man. Oh, dude. Legendary. 12, 12 pieces of corn. At least. Are you talking about like little kernels of corn or you ate no, 12 corn, corn cobs? cobs. <laughs> they sent, they get everything like, have a zip my man was, cookies. my man was hammered. How drunk were you? I was 12 <laughs> corn on the cobs drunk. But the, man, that's the, the scale. The ribs I took 12 home. corn on the cobs in an Uber drunk. I had a Trader Joe's bag full of food in the Uber. Should have, should have like, hey, you want some corn on the cob here? Yeah, you probably should have offered them a plate. That's what we do in the South. The ribs Do you like a list, plate? Yeah. Let me make you a plate. Let me make you a plate. See, that's what Can I, I make thought I was leaving with. Because the last time I was over there, they're like, yeah, I took a little bit home. But this time, they just gave it all to me, which was amazing. Because when you're single and live alone, oh yeah, now I have food for Free a couple Free food. Yeah. Hey, speaking Dude. of making you a plate. Marty, are you terrible? Are you as terrible as I am at using saran wrap? It's pretty bad. But it's a, the thing is, I can't really figure out the science of it. I can't. Right. I, I pull it off the thing, which is dicey in and of itself. Like, right. When you well, are, now, when now, you now are you're ripping, introducing a saw, right, into the thing. Right. Yeah, right. Right. And, and, you know, you've had six, six beers and you're trying to put some <laughs> saran wrap across the tater salad. Uh, across your remaining real 12 fast. corns. Of co- <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're in Michael Smith's house and you got 12 corn on the cob, corns uh, on the cob. And, uh, and you gotta, you know, you gotta manage how you're going to bundle your corns on the cob. That saran wrap can get real dicey. I don't understand yeah. how Laney can rip that stuff off, slap yeah, it across Eric, the top yeah. of a bowl, and yeah. it's like vapor lock. No, it's it amazing. just falls right back off for me. It's like I put a piece of construction paper on top. Uh, by the time I'm done, I've like wrapped. I've got my I'm like choking on it, like my head's wrapped in it. You got to oh, go get worse. stitches because you've lopped half your finger off. That's why you got to get the one no, that, the box that has the little thing you slide across that cuts it for you. Yeah, the, right. I'm talking about the saw. The, you talking about the exposed saw blade that's on the edge <laughs> well, of the no, deal? No, no, yeah. there, no. There's like one that has like a little like thing you slide across, and it has a groove so that it cuts it for you. I don't know, I don't know if I know about that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, about because that. the one with hey. the open blade is just dangerous. Laney and I buy the cheap kind. Like we don't. I think we get like the Harris Teeter brand right. Saran wrap right. and the Harris Teeter right, brand right, ten right. full. The blade has a rust like on magic it. wrap. Yeah, yeah, man, that blade. Yeah. That blade has. It, that blade is exposed and ready to ready to ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no it's covers. Like, yeah, plastic wrap. Like it's got some sort of. Yeah, it's not Saran wrap. It's plastic wrap. It will. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you get on a plane and you're so tired and you don't want to talk to anybody, but then you get Every the one day. guy that's just like wearing you out. Oh yeah. And the all time example of that was I had like a Dallas to Charlotte, like a, you know, couple of hours. And this old boy sat down next to me and he, his, his business was he sold the different grades of plastic wrap to grocery store chains. Wait, there's different grades. Oh no. I can tell you all about it because I got a two-hour lecture. <laughs> I thought oh, it was yeah. just all the same. 
Oh no 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 no. There's different. Oh no, I got, he gave me the whole he gave me the whole rundown. I got a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> I mean, it was like because I made the mistake of looking at him, and going, "Well, hey man, uh, what do you do?" And that was oh that was it. And uh, it was two hours. Yeah, it, 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 in the produce section, they use a different kind than they would use like to to wrap meat or to wrap whatever. You know, it's 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 a whole industry. So uh, I'd ask him about the exposed blades, though. That's one of those many things that we don't think about. We don't think right. about like there's all these jobs, right? That we just don't consider. There's stuff just there. You don't right. consider all the business that has to happen to get it there. Right. I get, Saran wrap falls right in that engagement. We need to talk to the people that put the blades on the box then. Because we need to fix that and help out America. Well, I can well it's you. like our friends. Marty and I both have fr- a lot of friends who grew up on farms, and you got a lot of friends that are missing like half a finger here or a quarter of a finger there. I feel like the people that work where they put the exposed saw blades on the Saran wrap boxes, I feel like there's probably uh, you get hazard pay? probably missing digits. Yeah, you have to think so. Liability insurance must not be too cheap. <laughs> and, I mean, hey, and if it and if you cut yourself open, you can just wrap that sucker up with some high grade uh, saran wrap. If you and, can make uh, it stick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know though? I bet those people at the saran wrap factories probably sometimes have a hard time hiring because hiring used to be hard. Right. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, right. confusing review right. processes. Right. But today, son, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. And do you know what that place is? ZipRecruiter. Oh, tell me. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter. Yep. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications pour in, ZipRecruiter analyzes every single one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective, in fact, that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That is for free, zero dollars and zero cents at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M. A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So, the Saran Wrap people, they can go to ZipRecruiter right now and find a quality candidate right there in the first day, and four out of five of them are going to be right for that job. There you go. And the fifth person probably doesn't have fingers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The fifth person is stuck in an Uber somewhere with his 12 corn on the cobs. Cobs of corn, cobs of corn. I can't wait to go home and have that for lunch. Corn on the cob's good. We had corn on the cob here at our party. Did y'all, when you were growing up, did you have white corn or yellow corn? Yellow. I don't think I've ever seen white corn before. White corn. No, we had white corn because that's what we grew. Yeah. Like, white corn is what... Wait, you like, grew corn yourself like your family? Yeah. Yeah, man. How was that? It was delicious. Like, you just go outside and just like, oh, we're going to have corn yeah. for tonight and just go grab like, 100%. Six. Ryan, go get six. 100%. Yeah, How do you prepare grand- your corn? Well, I do like grilling it, and I get out the uh, I get out the aluminum foil. I treat it up a little bit, and get out the aluminum foil, and just put up on the top shelf of the grill while I'm grilling the other stuff. And uh, it's delicious. Put some butter and some seasoning. Put the husk back over it. 
Hey, Michigan Speedway always had that was like their signature deal was the roasted corn. I remember we would be there, like the garage would be tearing down and the haulers are rolling out and the drivers are long gone. And the guy that grilled all the corn would just go into the garage and just dump like, like hundreds of like twelve uh, pieces corns on the cob. Yeah, like twelve more than twelve out in the garage, and we all just stand there and gnaw on corn before we went back to the hotel. No, what's the difference between white and yellow corn, though? I'm curious. One's white, and one's yellow. So the ta- the taste yeah. is the same. <laughs> yeah, kernels are smaller, a little bit on the sweeter, white corn. a little bit yeah. sweeter. Uh, yeah. We had white corn on July 4th here in New Jersey. We There's a place out on a black horse pike, this road out here, this highway, called Gene's Farm Market. Yeah. Gene's Farmer's Market. And we were out there, and I went and we, we got corn, we got peaches, we got two big old box of peaches, and we got, uh, I got local honey. Now, I like local honey. I'm a big honey fan. Y'all know that I believe that honey is the most underrated condiment. And you can go to a regular old grocery store and get very pedestrian honey. But if you go to the farmer's markets, you can get really yummy local honey. And the taste is so much richer with your local honey. And I got this South Jersey white clover honey. And it I've been putting it in my coffee all week. It's fantastic. And, uh, so we're at the jeans. So I tell my father-in-law, I'm buying this time. I got it. I'm going to get these peaches. I'm going to get these plums. I'm going to get all the stuff. They had strawberry wine like Dana Carter. And <laughs> so I, there you go. We can't do that on the podcast. I don't think. Oh yeah. We Y'all can't. don't have Oops. to cut that part out. Oh, I can't. And, uh, I can't sing. I forgot. We can't. I, don't I didn't so. actually we can't sing. Afford it. All I did was, I, I didn't even actually say words though. Yeah, that's true. That, I don't know if a melody counts. Does a melody count, Travis? If you're off, does it count? Because I would not. If you're off key, I guess it doesn't matter. We had this conversation on the TV show last fall. Like, does it matter if like we're if it's so bad, if it's not even close? But we know what we're singing. Does it? Does it even? Does it count? Does that count? I don't think it counts. We're gonna find out. Throw it out there. Throw it out there and see what happens. Ain't my podcast. We sound like Chewbacca. So, so, uh, I think I'm buying the whole thing, a whole order at the farmer's market at the jeans. Right. And I put it up there and the little girl says that'll be 61.55 or something. I'm like, wow, that was really cheap. I bought like all, we bought pumpkin butter. Two things of pumpkin butter, two things of honey. We bought wine, we bought peaches, we bought plum, corn, all this stuff. Well, I didn't realize my father-in-law had bought all the peaches, all the plums, all the corn already. And only the honey and the pumpkin butter and the wine were sixty-one fifty-five. Oh, yep. The uh, yeah, we got a place in uh, Wadesboro, North Carolina, where I stop. I'll be stopping there on my way home from the beach after the July Fourth this weekend. And uh, I'm a big apple guy. I'm a big golden delicious. I'm a big yellow apple guy. Honey crisp. And, yeah, and I will um I'll be loading up on on some apples on the way home. Honey crisp apples cost so much money. Yeah, but they're so delicious. And you just oh, reminded smokes. me with the peaches. I just uh I've been hearing about crown peach and I 
wasn't able to find it at any of the liquor stores. Well, one of the girls at the party on the 4th of July had it, told him about the liquor store that actually has it, went and picked up four bottles yesterday. You got four Fair bottles? Yeah. The liquor up here is cheap. It's cheap? Yeah, well. Yes. Like a bottle of Crown XR I got for like 85 bucks. It's usually like one, 110 back in Ohio. Wow. Get some. Wow. So we're placing orders, and Travis is going to pull a Junior Johnson and drive Osama Guns south. <laughs> I got to get one of those waivers that you sign, right? Uh, that- dude, I Junior, have a hey, liquor waiver. Got it right here beside Ju- me. Junior Johnson, who made his liquor from cobs of corn. Corn liquor. You know it. Speaking oh. of, man, I was reminded this week as we got up towards the the NASCAR race at Daytona, this is the last year oh. that they're going to run the July 4th race at the Daytona International Speedway. That race in 2020 is moving to the season, fin- or excuse me, regular season finale. Right. The last race before the playoffs begin. And it got me to thinking how much I love Daytona in July. And I was doing it every single year. I was always like, man, it's so hot down here and all that. But the yeah. race was always magical. Now you were always fighting weather. You always had to, you know, battle rainstorms because it's Florida and it rains for 25 minutes every day and et cetera, et cetera. But the memories from that event are so stark. And I was reminded NBC has the NASCAR rights now, second half of the season that we used to have. And the whole last week they were doing all these tributes to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s victory. In the 2001 Pepsi 400. And I just, I was reminded of, I always say that one hot night in 1992 when Davey Allison won the Winston, the NASCAR All-Star race at Charlotte, was my favorite race of all time. And, and it is. But gosh, that, that day when, when Junior won that race and made it okay to be happy again and, all that, because of course, those of you who who may not may not know or, or have forgotten or whatnot, his father died at that racetrack in the previous event in the 2001 Daytona 500, and the, that was the first time we went back there as a sport. And Junior won that race, and I watched it again last week because I was reminded of it uh, through something on social media, and what an unbelievably emotional moment that was. And what an unbelievable moment of healing that was. And what an unbelievable ambassador and, and the courage and bravery it took for him to race that day and to, and to prevail. It, uh, it was just amazing. It was an amazing thing to witness. I just can't, you know, I mean, on our Marty McGee radio show, we always hear from Nana Lynn. And, you know, we lost her back in February. And so my wife is in mourning. And I lost my mom 20 years ago. And I'm still in mourning. And you you feel the exact same way about your parents. And uh, I just, it, it's, I've talked with Dale Jr. about this. It, it's difficult enough to mourn on your own and to mourn if your parents were just, happen to be the most famous people on their street but i've never been able to fully just i can't digest what dell jr goes through to this day i mean you know it you go have lunch with him and i mean his dad 
passed away February 18, 2001. We're coming up on 20 years. And he can't go anywhere to this day without somebody walking up to him at lunch, at the gas station, at wherever, and wanting to – they want Dale Jr. to tell them it's okay. They want Dale Jr. to help them deal with this loss. And it's his dad. And so I can't even imagine – living with that every day like he has and he's done it with such grace and always has but that night man that was that was that was special it was something else and the way he won the race and it just was um it was just phenomenal and still to this day i think is the highest rated um like non daytona 500 telecast nascar wise and it, and because that moment was just so so big, I just can't even. But yeah, it's hard to believe though that won't be there for July Fourth anymore. I get it. I've rarely been. I don't know if I've ever been at an event where every single person that was there. I mean, there were probably a hundred and fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people at Daytona that day. Uh, that was that was such a unique era for the sport, and the palpable emotion that waved over that place and the deafening roar the deafening roar when he passed six guys because he restarted seventh there was there was a caution i think or or there was like he had pitted i think and then the caution flew so he had fresh tires and he came out seventh and just mowed them and when he passed those dudes the the sound coming out of the grandstands was just bonkers man you could hear it way above the cars and it was this universal moment of healing and everybody wanted that so bad for junior that i i don't know if there will ever be another moment in nascar like that uh because superman had died and superman doesn't die and his namesake goes back there to that place through that same corner and wins that thing it was you know he's a friend of both of us and he's such a good person and it's just uh i've honestly i've never sat down with him i've never sat down with him and really gone through what that emotion was for him someday i will i just can't even i just can't even imagine the 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 burden that it is and, and but he's never seen it that way i use that word burden but that's not that's not how he's ever seen it as difficult as it was um he's always seen that that burden as a privilege and uh that's why he's the man that he is there's no question about it he gave the most amazing speech at his mother's service uh, a couple months back and they had a they had a smaller kind of more private uh event for their mom and uh and several people spoke at that service kelly spoke and carson and and a couple of brenda's dale's mom was brenda jackson and a couple of brenda's friends spoke but dale's dale's speech was it it was the vulnerability in it like he had humor in it there was great sorrow in it there was great a great tribute within it and i found him afterwards and it's hard to you know kind of talk to the children when somebody passes away like that because everybody's asking for their time and 
and saying their paying their respects and, and those types of things and i uh i was leaving and i just walked over there and i uh, unfortunately had to say excuse me i'm sorry to interrupt and i just looked at him and said hey that's the greatest thing i've ever heard it was it was the greatest eulogy for lack of a better term that i've ever heard and his composure and his vulnerability and his compassion towards you know his own sorrow but everybody else's in his family he just has a really unique way of articulating things it's something i really admire uh I didn't expect the podcast to take this turn, but nonetheless, that's what Marty and McGee do. We that's what we do. So uh, I guess that can we can wrap it up. Uh, we've been gabbing for forty five minutes or something, and I appreciate you taking the time, that's son. My favorite part is we get done. We get do, we get done, and I'm like, man, did we really talk that long? And that's uh, that's just because it's fun. It is fun, and I appreciate your time so much. I appreciate Travis's. Uh, I appreciate the doctors that sewed me up at the urgent care and appreciate the people that make the beer that let me, uh, have, would that be, would that be considered uh natural medicine? I think it would. I think it would. I think it would. No, Maybe Pacifico can send you some. Huh? Yeah. Maybe Pacifico sure. could send some beer. Jack should. Definitely. I had Jack at the golden nugget. Jack fixes everything. Uh, anyway, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys. I appreciate all of you guys listening and being so loyal to what we're doing here. Thanks to Dan and Stu and Mike and everybody in the Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. I had a blast with Randy Scott last week hosting the Levitard show on July 3rd. Thanks to everybody who was so kind about, about our performance there. And even to those of you who said it was the stupidest thing and biggest waste of time you've ever had. And go bid on the uh, Marty, uh, the McGee racing experience and Marty might be there too. Yep. Yep. Hope we can uh, see you guys at the racing experience. We're shocked at how much money's already been raised and we want to bust that thing. We want to bust $10,000. We want somebody to pay more than $10,000. slash ESPN. eBay.com slash ESPN. Every dime goes to the Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research. And the fight uh, towards kicking cancer's ass, and we appreciate you guys' loyalty. Thanks so much, and uh, as I do every single week, thanks so much to our United States military. We're so appreciative of the sacrifices you guys make. We live in the greatest land in the world, and we're free to go and do and be whatever we want. We can aspire to be whatever we want, and we're so appreciative of your sacrifice. We're free for a reason, and that's you guys. So thank you. That is the Marty Smith's America podcast. We appreciate y'all. That's episode 61. We'll try to do better next time. Y'all be good. Huh?